Hello. Hey, can you hear me all right? like uh, pronouns and role so my name's izzy uh, my pronouns are she her and i am a writer editor and the creator of a june bugs ballad uh what is a fun fact about yourself that you would like to share oh god i don't know um i have a weird love of toxic plants you're fun. I like. So you are Valentina. It, literally, if there's a self-insert character in a Junebug ballad, Valentina is it. I, that that, that's very interesting. That is, it's very interesting to know. So okay, so what what started this uh, curiosity slash love of toxic plants? Um. I don't really know. It, I think it started mostly on Tumblr because there was a huge post and it still goes around about how to commit the perfect murder, which God knows no one on Tumblr could do. But anyways, and there was this one bit about how um, if you fed a body to a pig and not only will they eat the entire body, including the bones, but there won't be any remnants of the bones after the pigs finished digesting. And so that was really interesting. And somehow that spiraled into this love of poisonous plants and the now terrifying knowledge of how many times I nearly killed myself as a child upon realizing that half of these plants are in California and how many of them I nearly ate and or breathed in. Um, but it, it uh, I don't know. It, it, if someone were to look at my search history because someone close to me died from eating a toxic plant, I, I probably would have a very hard time explaining. Oh dear. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I've never before felt so happy to be in Ohio. <laughs> California, literally we have, there's this plant called oleander. It's a type of flower. Um, it's really pretty. But it also is the, it's, a, it's one of those filler plants that they use on like highways to fill the gaps in the road. And, and literally it is everywhere in California. And the scary thing about it is, I mean, yeah, if you eat the leaves, it's toxic. But the smoke from burning oleander is also extremely toxic. And there's so much of it in California. Oh. <laughs> the state that is literally always oh, on dear. fire. It's like, please, please someone do your research before you plant things on the highway. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, um, yeah, it's 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 really mm. depressing. Mm. 
Well, uh, I'll go ahead and introduce myself. Um, I am Joshua Sands. I am 30. Uh, my pronouns are, I mean, technically he, him, but like, I don't put a lot of stock in pronouns. So like, whatever, like whenever I'm asked, it's just like, whatever. I really have, I don't care. Like, it's just <laughs> how I am. Um, and my role is uh, several fold. I'm uh, the voice actor of Devereaux and Helena Marie. And I'm also the uh, editor, the, uh, the sound editor, uh, predominantly. I was one of four, correct me if I'm wrong, because we... God, I don't even remember. We lost so many. <laughs> all the people at home need to know is there were f- in total four editors and I'm the only one that survived. <laughs> <laughs> because we killed the rest of them. Uh, your, your poisonous plants come to life again. I mean, come on. Uh, I, <laughs> my, my, much like the Dread Pirate Roberts, I've built up my immunity to poisonous plants. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Fun fact about myself. Uh, I'm I'm a design engineer for a tier one automotive supplier. Uh, we make plastic injection interior and exterior uh, parts for um, like all, all your major car manufacturers. And I'm working on future development for the next pilot, the Honda pilot. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Uh, um so yeah yeah i've been doing that for seven years that's been my yeah so yeah i've been in that sphere for seven years sweet moving on uh question two how long have you been doing podcasts and what other projects either voice acting editing or writing or theater have you been a part of that you'd like to go into okay well if you um I'm a part of Radio Tale, and that was before I even joined Goose Thunder. Um, and Radio Tale is an Undertale podcast that's still in production. After that was Goose Thunder. Um, and the first thing I did in Goose Thunder wasn't, you know, what normal people would do and actually join podcast to get some experience writing i just went fuck it i'm gonna create my own and so here we are um Mm. and then and then while i was still working on a june bug salad well not wow i mean we were done writing uh i joined human error as a writer (sighs) so that that one um is still in production uh we're writing the scripts before we actually, before uh, the voice actors are cast, uh, which I like, I think, because then, you know, everything's done writing-wise and you get immediately into the rest of the work. Um, but that is it for podcasts. Uh, theater-wise, I haven't really done anything either. I took theater twice once in high school once in college and that's it Hmm. that's interesting that uh so like what what made you want to go i I don't know if i this is one of the other questions but what what made you want to make your own podcast if not for the theater 
actually, it was during my interview for Goose Thunder. Um, I think it was, I'm forgetting names. I'm really bad with names. Maggie, I think. I can never remember names. But um, was my interviewer and asked if I had any podcast ideas. And back in high school, uh, when I was taking the bus home, I wrote this really short dialogue scene. Uh, based off of a female sort of steampunk version of Jekyll and Hyde. And that was pretty much the basis for episode three. Uh, I specifically said I wanted to do the odd numbered episodes because I really wanted to write episode three because I I wanted to write that scene out. Um, And so that started that. And then that kind of got abandoned for a while. And then I was rereading... I think I ended up reading Jekyll and Hyde and Dracula in the same day because I was on a classical horror book kick uh, for a while, a couple of years ago. And I wrote the ending of a story that that dialogue scene would have been in. And then a couple of years after that, I say a couple of years, it was probably like a couple of months. um, I I have no concept of time. Um, but like a couple of months after that, I ended up wanting to turn that into poems because I like writing poetry, even though I'm terrible at it. And that was maybe a couple of weeks before my interview with Maggie, where I said, you know, if I had a podcast idea, I'd sort of want to turn this series of poems I've been working on into a podcast. And she said, well, we have someone else who's auditioning, who has an idea like that, maybe you two could work together. And I joined the podcast and uh, I joined the network. And, it, you know, there wasn't really, I realized very quickly that I um, had absolutely no skill at writing scripts because I'd never written a script before, save for one in drama where we had to write our own scene. And that wasn't one set up for a podcast because that was one where, you were blocking at first stage. And Mm. so I, I had absolutely no goddamn idea what I was doing. And so, and uh, so instead of waiting again, like a normal person, I asked Maggie if she knew uh, if the girl who'd wanted to do a poem podcast was on the channel. And she said she'd look and I forget if she couldn't find her or if she just never got back to me because she was really busy. And so I ended up submitting uh, my podcast idea for its own podcast on the network because at that point, I think Maggie had encouraged me and then it got stuck in my head where it had never been before. It wasn't like I, I, I had ever thought about turning it into a podcast, but Maggie got the idea in my head of wanting to turn that into its own thing. And the other girl never heard about her. And so I just ended up turning it into a podcast. And that was a really long winded story for something that really wasn't that interesting. I've been in theater since high school. I graduated in 2007. So like three years before that, like sophomore, junior, senior year of high school, I I was involved in, in theater and then in college for the next five years i was in different plays i did um probably one of them i was in several really interesting ones but my first one in college was based on an was a uh, play by and ran 
and it was like a courtroom case. It was super interesting. Um, and then I was in Xanadu, which was great because oh, God. that was I, I played uh, Sammy, who's like the he's basically J. Jonah Jameson. Which one's Sammy? J. Jonah Jameson. Which one's I don't know who that is. Um, From Spider Man? Get me pictures of Spider Man? Oh, uh, he was the, he was like the old curmudgeon uh, financier that had purchased uh, the theater in the past and was trying to re, he wanted to demolish it. But then got um, it. the lead character, I want to say the lead character was Johnny, but I forget. I'm sure I'm going to have Xanadu fans everywhere being like, oh no, his name was. I know it started, it ended with an E because it was, I think Johnny was the lead and then Sammy was, was the other guy. And I, the, I don't, I don't remember. I've, I've watched Santa do once. I can't help you out. Uh, he was the, well, uh, he was the cla- old clarinet player in the movie. Okay. Um, okay. But anyway, I, it was, it was the first time. Um, I mean, I'd done costuming and stuff also. So I was helping out with the costuming and I made these spectacular, like skin tight gold lame pants and then some breakaway dress trousers to go over it for this onstage quick change thing during one of the dance numbers. It was like a transformation thing. It was great. Loved it. Fantastic. Um, and that started uh, my, my desire to make breakaway clothing for everything. <laughs> I've, I've done uh, some stuff for our local community theater, uh, dinner theater. Um, I was in a play that got canceled just recently because of the whole COVID thing. Hopefully we'll get it. I'm hoping because I did a, I did the costuming and I had a part and it was probably one of my favorite parts that I've ever done just as a character because he was all of the sass. Well then fingers crossed that you get to do it after this whole thing's over. Yes. Um, At this point, they're probably going to put it as their fall show. Um, because normally they do a spring musical and then a fall like drama comedy. Oh. Uh, they might push it to there, which is which would be cool. Um, yeah, so hopefully. Uh, as far as podcasts go, um, I the first one that I tried out for got and was put out is this little podcast called Space Team Six which I was super excited about because the concept the concept was great and hilarious. It's like a 1950s space serial radio drama. Oh. <laughs> where you have um, the United Space of America going up against the space Nazis and Oh my god. They have to team up with the USSSR. <laughs> One of the S's is of course space. Um Oh my god. They have the uh they're on the ship the USS Basenhower and um so it's only 3 episodes long. There's a fourth one. I we've recorded it. It's just the the showrunner hasn't edited it yet. Um I play um the president of the United Space of America. I also play um uh, Commandant Fuhrer, which is like the leader of the bad guys, 
Um, so <laughs> I, I am playing both the, the leader of the good and the bad guys. It's great. Love it. Um, oh, that's fun. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally playing both sides, <laughs> which is my ultimate goal in life. Um, because when you play both sides, you never lose. It's just... <laughs> Um, I also play in that, uh, Dr. Goodman, who's, uh, in the second episode. And then I play, um, Hans Basenhammer, which is, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger in space. I'm, I'm judging these names just a little bit. That I don't care. I mean, they're fantastic. They're fantastic, but also it's kind of like, I'm trying not to hit my head against a wall. It's. It's all of the puns, I guarantee you. And I'm only like scratching the surface of the puns that happen in this thing. Oh no. <laughs> You'll have have to listen to it. It's uh I think it's on I'm pretty yeah, it's on Spotify. So check it oh, out. Okay. Uh Space Team Six, it's great. Question three, do you have any other projects that are in development that you would like to talk about? Uh, no, uh, I want to start a new project eventually, but I mean, while rushing into Doombug's Ballad, I had a whole plan in general. I don't have one for another thing. So I, I want to do another one eventually, but I kind of need to sit down and think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Um, so other than the, the, the project that shall not be named. Uh, I am a part of the Heroes Guide podcast. I do the voiceover for Victor as well as the editing for that. And so we are currently slowly but surely getting um, voiceover assets and everything set up for that. Uh, That due date is yet to be determined. Um, I'm also a part of the um, Land of Serenity podcast, which is ongoing. Um, I put that in the in-development category of this question because there are three episodes out and we are kind of in a prolonged hiatus because of some computer issues from the uh, showrunner. But um, it is if you like puns, it is definitely one to look for because there are puns everywhere. This one's medieval puns instead of space puns, though. Oh no. Yes. Uh it is only available on YouTube, however. This is the one that I have been wanting to ask you about and go into great detail about because the creation of ideas is super interesting to me. So what was the inspiration for Junebug and what what was the source of Junebug's name? Okay, so do you want the inspiration for the character or the podcast? Uh, all of it. The inspiration for because I feel like the 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 character creates the podcast. So it, it like to me, it's all in one. Okay, so in this case. What ha- I, I already said, I wrote a series of dialogue, and that that that's episode three. That the dialogue I wrote was this string of dialogue between Junebug and the King. That was just a bunch of witty barbs, and um, we ended up changing a lot of it uh, because it was written when I was in like eleventh mm-hmm. grade, and it wasn't great. But it was just a bunch of witty barbs back and forth, 
someone threatening murder, someone, you know, going, fuck you. And uh, what ended up happening when I finally fleshed out Junebug's character was when I was thinking of how I wanted to create this podcast, my original idea was kind of like Vanity Fair-esque. Um, it was going to be everyone was morally gray. You didn't like anyone because everyone had good parts and bad parts, save, you know, like the king and maybe Amelia, because I don't think anyone could ever hate Amelia. She was just like this angel from the beginning. Um, but I, I, you know, it originally was going to be this really Vanity Fair-esque thing. And then Arizona joined the podcast and just went absolutely not and fleshed out the characters. And I, before Arizona joined, I'd really only cared about Junebug and Valentina and Amelia. And that, and that was probably it. Everyone else I kind of like had really apathetic feelings towards. I didn't really like them. I didn't really hate them. Uh, save the King who I really hated. I, I you know, it was kind of like, eh, because I hadn't bothered to flesh them out. And then Arizona got her hands on them and created, I, I don't even remember if we talked about it and I think we did, but I don't remember. I just remember before episode six, it was kind of, it was kind of like we, we suddenly from no romance, it went to romance. It was like both of us just went, yeah, that works. They should be getting together. And so a lot of, a lot of character decisions and motivations and stuff were made up on the fly it was very, you know, what if we did this? Ooh, we could do this. And the episode was being, and the episode was being sent out in like two days. And suddenly we're making changes to the entire thing because good God, what if this happened? And I'm not sent out like, you know, we were writing, we were sending it out to you, the VAs to see in two days. Like we actually had to get to writing it. And all of a sudden the entire storyline we had for it was turned on its head. And suddenly we had to come up with an entire new thing. And, um, and so at that point, Junebug, Valentina, and Amelia stayed my favorite characters, and Devereaux was added into that favorite characters thing because originally I just planned him to be this kind of eh, kind of wishy-washy yes man to the king who really didn't care about Junebug and maybe was willing to help her for reasons that even, you know, may, maybe her plea had been just the right one. Maybe she... I had no idea. I really didn't care what became of his character. And then Arizona got her hands on my first episode and changed him into this. Cause I had a couple of lines with him where he was really sarcastic and Arizona asked, do we want him to be serious or do we want him to be, or do we want him to be joking? And I ended up saying, well, you know what? I want this. I want the tone of this one to be slightly less serious so we made him a really sort of sarcastic, witty character that really didn't like the king when originally the plan had been to make him, you know, completely, utterly loyal to the king. And from that point on, it was kind of like he was one of my favorite characters to write just because it was that level of sass I had imagined between Junebug and the mm. king before we just made him all out evil. It was that level of sass that I was really happy to write because I really wanted that in the podcast. And, but overall, the idea for the podcast was really just kind of like, <sighs> if Down Abbey met Game of Thrones, met Jekyll and Hyde, it was very, very, it was never meant to be 
dark, dark, but it was never meant to be light and happy. Uh, I always intended Junebug to live. I always, in, I, I hadn't always intended Valentina to be able to, that's a spoiler. I can't spoil things. Um, I, I had, I had always intended the ending to be what the ending was, except for a small part of it, which was changed last minute because I became really emotionally attached mm. when I hadn't been before. Um, Helena Marie was this really, was this really pain in the ass character to write because I realized that we needed her to care about Junebug. She needed to care. She needed to have some motivation to care for this character who for the first several episodes we wrote Helena Marie in couldn't have cared less for this character. And it was like, okay. And then also we had to space out timing because this was all supposed to be a year. And by episode six, no time skips had happened. And it was, it was the world's biggest pain in the ass to figure out. We had like six episodes left and suddenly every episode was two months later. And, but (sighs) Junebug herself I mean, normally when you have a character insert, it's the main character, it's who you want to be when you're writing it, it's, you know, this is how I see myself. And you get a lot of every little piece of, every every character has a little piece of the author, and you hear that a lot. And that really didn't happen. Most of the characters were inspired by book characters. Most of the characters, if you look at the books I read, you could pull characters from them instantaneously and say this is who inspired this character and when I made a list of character descriptions I had that on hand immediately it was just like this character in looks this character I I I I had a list of people who had inspired each character and Valentina was the hardest to write that list for because Valentina Mm. was my character insert I wanted her to be witty I wanted her to be I wanted her to be just a little bit of an outcast. I wanted her to love poisonous plants because I really wanted that in there. Um, And I wanted to use that at some point, and I did. And at the same time, I really wanted her to be not necessarily Junebug's best friend. I just wanted her to be a character who is moral support, but doesn't always know how to go about being moral support without being just a little bit murdery. Hmm. So a lot of a lot of the characters came from book characters or friends or other pieces in my life, but Valentina was entirely, entirely supposed to be that that self-insert. And with Junebug, Junebug actually wasn't the complete foundation of the podcast, like you said. The character didn't make it in this case. Uh Junebug. I didn't even really, I I know it's about her. I know it's literally called Junebug's Ballad. I know this is her story in entirety. But in the planning for it, it was never entirely about her. It was built on this battle of wills and the, the support systems you have and the crumbling of it as it falls down. And it was built on the court before it was ever built on her. Um. And so that that was what came first. It wasn't the character first and the world second. It was the world first and the character second. I built her to fit the world she was in. Interesting. So yeah, it was interesting. Huh. So was <laughs> Helena Marie a late character addition or was she always a part of the... No. Okay. Helena Marie wasn't a late character addition in terms of writing. She was there long before we ever started the script. 
what Helena Marie was, was an easy way out for the ending. I had no idea how to make the ending happen. Uh, I knew I wanted what happened to happen, but I had no idea how to get there. And so eventually it was just like, okay, we'll throw in a witch. And so it, I, I, I completely abandoned the pretense that this was all going to be semi-realistic. And it was just like, we're just going to throw some magic in there because I have no idea how to get the ending I want otherwise. And I might as well. And so by the time casting calls opened, uh, and by the time the script was being written, she existed. But she only started existing when I created a plan for the podcast. She never existed pre that. How do you feel about like the end product of Junebug's Ballad up to this midpoint? Like, is it? I really like it. Um, I, I mean, I I'm a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to my own work. So there would probably be some things I'd go back and change. There would probably be some things in the script I'd insist weren't changed. I really didn't challenge Arizona on a lot of the script changes she made because she was a far better writer than I am. And so I was pretty willing to go along with whatever her idea was. Uh, the only time I kind of locked her out out of decision-making was in the letter Junebug pens to her parents at the very end. Um, I rewrote that. Uh, she rewrote it and then I rewrote it to make it more like what I had done originally. Um, I, I, it, was, it was what I, ha- it, I really wanted it to be the ending as close to the ending I had written as possible. Because for the most part, I, I really didn't care um, how it changed. Because like I said, her, her edits were for the better. But in that, that was the one thing I really wasn't willing to let change. But for the most part, I'm really happy with the ending. I'm really happy with everything that has turned out so far, has come out so far. Uh, I, I just, you know, it, it's the small things. It's the little nods to everything that started at all that I kind of wish had stayed in a little bit more. But for the most part, I mean, I think the end product still sounds really good. Obviously, all of my gripes are going to be sound related. And I, too, am a super big perfectionist when it comes to either everything that I do or my work uh, that I put out. Uh, I think that my vocals for episodes one through five are not the best and kind of muffled because episodes one through five i didn't know how to work the single band compressor uh effect that is in uh, adobe audition Um, this is my first time using adobe audition or this podcast is the first time that i've really used adobe audition and um that uh that that is that's part of my utter dismay into what the podcast sounds like I think from six moving forward, it sounds a lot better. Like just in the listenings that I've done. I think, I think about halfway through the podcast, I mean, in terms of writing too, is probably when we really started to actually figure out what in the hell we were doing. (laughs) From both a writing and a sound perspective, I can wholeheartedly agree. Honestly, my, like where I personally consider the turning out point or turning around a point for the editing happens in episode eight, episode eight, I think, sounds the best um well maybe not the best out of all of them but that's where the sound just like goes from like amateur hour to like pretty professional sounding you've listened to episode eight as well uh and probably could 
I mean, I hope would attest to that. I mean, I, 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 I agree. I think, um, I don't really, <laughs> I have absolutely no skill when it comes to discerning sound quality on above like a really superficial level. But I mean, I do think, I think, uh, I can't think of the episode. I have one in the later area. That's probably my favorite in terms of sound quality, but I do agree. Um, that from, I don't remember eight, I, I barely remember eight at all. I do remember that nine onward mm-hmm. sounded a little bit better. Yes, I I honestly think that nine is my favorite episode in terms of sound and story and overall episode. I think three and 13 mm-hmm. are my favorite, but that's personal preference because like I said, those two are the ones that... Um, that most closely resembled the original source material. And so it was just really nostalgic writing those two. <laughs> Who's your favorite character and why? Oh no. Okay. Um, I think my favorite is probably between Valentina and Devro. Valentina for obvious reasons, because she's very, you know, like she, she's, she's absolutely the self-insert. And then Devro. Because, I mean, he had started off as this character, like I said, this character I didn't care about, and Arizona turned him into this amazingly hilarious uh, character. And so both of those kind of were my favorite, one just because she was from the beginning, and the other just because of what he turned into. So for, for me, I mean, Amelia is my favorite character. And I know, like, as a written character, she's kind of a Mary Sue. And, like, it's just the the voice. Uh, the voice gets me every time. Uh, every time I, I listen to it, I'm just like, this is, like, the the cutest little voice that are, that are coming through my headphones right now. And I gush every single time when I'm editing. Oh, that... that- that was why I, that was why I cast her as Valentina. She had originally auditioned, I believe it might have been for Junebug, Valentina and Amelia. I know she, I know she auditioned for at least two of those, and I was listening to her audition with a friend, and it was I heard it, and it was like you know we didn't have a Valentina yet, Valentina yet. I remember, but just thinking about all of the characters we had, it was kind of like. This is Amelia. This this is Amelia's voice because we hadn't had anyone else on audition so far that really had a softer mm. voice, and it was kind of like this is what we want her to sound like. We want her to be this kind of, you know, demure character who also just sounds like completely and utterly friendly as her main character trait, and that was that was who we really loved her for. And I guess as far as like character motivation favorite character i i love a good villain and cedric is just the bomb diggity when it comes to the king so it's like amelia and like as a close second uh the the king cedric when he auditioned for the king um i'm just going into background stories now because these are fun cedric when he auditioned as the king we we had a bit on the audition when we had the audition lines. We had, I want you to do like a maniacal laugh at the end of one of them. And we really wanted that laugh. The same for Helen and Marie. The laugh was important for both of those characters, even though they never really laugh in the play. The laugh was at the play, Jesus Christ, in the podcast. The laugh was how we were determining 
who we liked for each role of those two because that that for some reason was the most important thing to me because I, I, I and it really worked out well because Cedric I mean he read his lines great it was wonderful and I, I forget if he just auditioned for the king or if he auditioned for the king and the father but you know he read his lines great his voice was great and then we got to the laugh and it was just this really dark villain perfect on point laugh and I, I remember I was listening to it with a friend and I just turned to her and I was like, this is the king. <laughs> it was the same with Amelia. There were a couple of people in the cast who we heard their audition and it was just immediately, we know, I, I knew exactly who I wanted them to be because they were perfect for one part. All right. Moving on to question seven. What has been the most challenging part of production for you? Probably the beginning, because that was when I thought everything was going to go downhill really quickly. You know, I mean, we aren't a sci-fi podcast, so no one was really like, yes, this is what I want to do. You know, it's a Tudor-era historical drama. Um, and so, you know, cast members were coming in really slowly. People were leaving. You know, we had so many writers and editors who joined and then went, fuck no. You know, it, it, was, it was the first couple of months where we didn't even have anything written uh, was terrifying you know because you joined and Arizona joined and you guys stayed which was wonderful and a lot of our main cast stayed which was great but you know it there was a lot of people who you know we got so many auditions for Junebug and so many auditions for like the king we got so few for like Valentina and so you know it ended up being really hard to pick cast members because we just kind of had to be well this is the pool we have to pick from you know pick someone because, you know, if casting went on for two, you know, if, if casting went on for like half a year, we, <laughs> we figured half the people who joined in the beginning would be like, oh, this isn't going anywhere. And so we just wanted to get the cast in and start working. And so we really kind of picked from the pool we had and went, this is who we'll work with. And we ended up loving a lot of them. And I liked a lot of their voices. It was just in the beginning, I had this really specific idea of what I wanted people to sound like. And this really specific idea of who I, of, of you know, I, I, I had a really hard time casting both Valentina and Junebug because originally Arizona was going to play Valentina. I loved her audition for Valentina. And in my cast list, she was Valentina until I liked no Junebug auditions. I hated almost everyone who would audition for her. Um, not their voices specifically, but oh, their voices nice. for that character. And I hated it. And so I listened to Arizona's again. And it was just, you know, I I, I was, I, she, I don't know what I was looking for with Junebug. I don't remember. I think I was still holding on to this really thin hope that we'd get someone whose voice sounded like that original kind of dialogue I'd made. And, you know, you aren't going to get someone like that because it was based on a Victorian era Jekyll and Hyde. And I don't know why I was like, this is what I want. And I, I listened to Arizona's again and it was like, this is who I want to play Junebug. Letting go of all of my, this is what I want. This is who I want to play Junebug. And then Valentina was the second hardest because now I had to find a voice for her. And, and Emily ended up being my favorite for that. But, you know, it was just the road to even get it started was the hardest part of this entire podcast. Because once we had everyone, things moved 
relatively smoothly. But before we had everyone, there was just so much. And if you watched me for that like four month period, I was just constantly panicking that this was never going to get off the ground, that we were never going to get people. We weren't going to get a composer. And then we got Benny. We weren't going to get a sound editor. And then we got you. And it was just this constant, we won't, we won't, we won't. And then somehow we did. So, so like what was comparatively what voice were you looking for for Junebug because in my mind like Arizona is like the voice of Junebug but like obviously you had a different thing I I I think previously I had really wanted Valentina to sound not like me but the same way Arizona sounds as Junebug, that sort of strong, confident, I've got this kind of voice. And that was what I wanted for Valentina. And that was also what I wanted for Junebug, except I wanted it from Junebug in a very different way. And I can't really describe what I wanted from Junebug because I don't even really know. I don't even remember what specifically I wanted. I just remember no one sounded right. And it was only after I was like, oh, fuck it, I need to pick someone that Arizona's sounded perfect. But beforehand, it was kind of, I could not for the life of me pick a June bug because nobody sounded what I wanted her to sound like. Hmm. That's, that's, that's super interesting. So um, for me personally, the most challenging part of production was episode 11, which is like the one that, at the time of this recording was the last episode I've edited edited. Uh, I did it like I started it this past Sunday evening and I got like a quarter of the way through. And the reason it was so challenging was because I saw all these voice files. Like there were like all of the courtesans were in there. Taryn was in there with, with all of his extra Walla stuff. And like, I was like, where are all these people going? Where's, where are all of these sound files going? There's a 15 minute episode. I'm at 10 minutes and like none of these extra people, none of their voices are in there yet. So like, it it just, it was, it felt like this insurmountable mountain of many, many voices that was just so overwhelming. And it might've also been because I, over the weekend edited two episodes so this was like the third in a line of three and I never done like that many so close together. So I was very close to burnout in this episode 11. I am very sorry for the hell we put you through. Nah, uh, that was not my intention. It's, it's fine. There, 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 there was a, also a, a little stint back in like September. September, October, where like, you know, it was the the peak time where editors were dropping out and like we weren't recording stuff as much. And I was like, oh, this is this is not going very quickly. <laughs> Maybe I too should like yeet out of here. But I uh I I persevered and I am very glad that I did. I'm glad. And what has been your favorite part of production? Oh, God. Probably the process right before episodes 11, 12, and 12. Because that was when Arizona and I had this brainstorming session 
I was at school, class had just finished, and she messaged me like, what if we did this? You know, what if this is what happened? And we completely changed how the ending was going to go. We added so much intrigue. We added, we, we made it so much more heart-wrenchingly painful, which honestly was probably way too fun for us because we're the ones writing it, not the ones hearing it. Um, we, we, added, we added a bunch. We changed a bunch. We, we, we really, the last three episodes were so completely different before we did that. And I, I, I really kind of love where they went. Um, but that was my favorite part was just that, you know, 20 to 30 minute brainstorming session was where, where we changed those three episodes and we're just so in sync with how we wanted things to be because it was like, yes, this is my dream. Um, and on top of that, I mean, more, more from just a personal standpoint, not just production, it was probably just the amount, like not, not really with most of the crew, but with certain members of the cast and the crew, like you and Arizona, and I'd say Emily, but Emily and I are friends outside of the podcast, but you know, with, with, with people and, and, uh, I can't think of names right now, but with people from the podcast, you know, it, it was fun. The few times we ended up just having conversations because that, you know, that's, that, that's something outside of the work of it all. And I mean, it's not really work because it will, I mean, it is really work, but I mean, it, it, it still takes a background to real life, but it, it was nice meeting the people outside of it. Not just your deadline is due now. Uh, this is what the character needs to be. Can you replicate this? It was nice seeing the people I was working with instead of just the characters. So that kind of goes into an alternate uh, question I have. At what point during the production um, was that aha moment where you were like, ah, this is, this is actually a legit podcast and not just like a hobbyist project? I don't know. I, I, during the entire writing of it, it was still just this background thing in my mind, not during the entire writing, during the, the early episodes of writing, it was this background thing in my mind. And I think the two moments where it became, this is real was when Benny gave me the theme. And when you, uh, showed us the first trailer, because both of those moments, I was nearly in tears because it was so perfect. It was so exactly mm. what I wanted for this. It was everything I had imagined for it. And it was there. It was real. It was something I could hear. And it was something, you know, I knew we were on. We, I knew we were actually doing something instead of writing episodes that might never turn into anything. We had something, you know, and it was just, it was, it was, it wasn't even when I heard people's lines. It was those two moments. It was when we had things that I had hoped we'd get to and couldn't see ourselves ever getting to. And then we got them and it was like, oh my God, this is, we're doing this. This is, this, this is, this is here. We have this. And it was, it was, I, I, I might have been in tears during when I heard the theme because it was just kind of like, oh my God, I have a theme. There was a theme for a podcast that I am doing and it's real and we're actually doing this. And I, I, I was just a little freaked out. <laughs> that's that's interesting that the trailer was one of those those watershed moments because we had the like the complete edited first and i think second or for the most part second episodes like done before i'd even started on the trailer so that i i mean i know like the the episodes i'm sorry i know the episodes existed it was just 
I think it's because by I, I, my brain works weird. Things become more tangible, I guess is the word I want to meet when it's the goal I've been looking forward to meet. So, you know, if I'm doing, when I was doing the, the play in high school, it wasn't real to me, even, even when we were practicing it, when I knew I was there and, you know, it was kind of like, oh my God, you know, we didn't write our own scene. This, you know, th- oh God, it was like fucking a tw- not 20, like 12 minutes long. It was the lo- it was the second, it was the second longest thing I'd ever done in that class. And I was really excited about it because we'd written it and I was really proud of it. And it was still kind of like, this is going to get canceled because so much shit had gone on during the semester. And it was still like, this isn't going to happen. This is going to get canceled. And even when we were practicing it, and even when we were doing it in front of the class for the first time out of two, it was still kind of like, this isn't here. And after we did the scene, we had to do an interview with our teacher. And it was then during our second interview, the, the one we did after we presented it for a grade, that it was kind of like, this actually happened after we'd already done it. Because that was the thing, that was the end goal in my head, was that interview, was talking about all of the things that led to this and where we got our ideas for this. And it was the same with the podcast. The episodes, once I heard the theme, Hmm. episodes kind of solidified in my head. The episodes were kind of like, this is going to happen. The episodes are going to happen. And, uh, and, and, but still it was kind of like, okay, but what if the episodes don't get produced? What if this happens? And then the trailer came out and we posted it and it was kind of like, oh, it is. Because we have a trailer. <laughs> we have a day. Everything is set. And so it wasn't, it wasn't a matter of, I could hear the episodes. It was a matter of, I could hear the episodes and I right. knew they were right. coming out. I knew we had a day. I knew we were still going forward with that day. No, I totally understand because I mean it's out in the world now. I mean, like once you put it out in the world, then it's real. Yeah. So for for me, um, when I heard um, Arizona's read of the end credits, that's when I was like, when I perked up and I was like, oh, this is this is going to be a legit podcast. Like, we got some good stuff here. I loved with Arizona her bloopers. She had so many. Actually, yeah, that 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 was legit my favorite part of production because her her tangents and stuff are just She best. literally shoved like a shirt in her mouth like, to sound like she was spitting out a gag. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I you got to you got to commit to the role. You got to commit to the role and she did. Like she, in space. 100% I was I was editing so like when I edit I have all the different tracks and like her unedited portion was you know somewhere in the in my tower of different tracks and I was listening to this spot for another person's part and then all of a sudden I hear Arizona talking about rabies and I'm like wait 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 I gotta listen to this and find out the context because there's something here and whoa buddy there was context question nine uh are there themes scenes or character motivations that were taken out or are there some that you wished you'd put in after letting this thing sit and kind of percolate in your mind none i i i think i sort of wish that i had made the king less of a tyrant that his and junebug's feud had been 
kind of like going back to Princess Bride, kind of like the sword fighting scene where you have that you you have one of you has to win, but you don't have any real animosity towards each other outside of the need to win in that moment. And I, that that was kind of what I wanted them to be. And that changed because making him a tyrant was better. Um, and I sort of wish that that had been their motivation, had been an almost friendly competition. But that wouldn't have made sense in the context of the podcast. Um, in terms of things I'd wish I'd taken out, I don't think there is anything I wish I'd taken out. Um, I think I wish we'd expanded on Amelia's character more. She had audition lines that were really good. I really wish we discussed her coming from the same village as Junebug more. I, I really wish we'd brought in more of their tie instead of focusing solely on Valentina and Junebug and kind of bringing in Amelia as an afterthought. Uh, I mean, I really don't have anything for that one. I guess other than I, I kind of wish the king was more of a tyrant because there were, and, and here's why. I'm, I'll I'll go for it because, like the character of Junebug, I mean we we I mean if we've listened if you've listened to episode one you know she dies in the end, but like when she's being carted away in episode three, um, she's or maybe a little bit in episode two she's like oh the king hasn't executed anybody for his entire time of of reigning here and then. Like later on, one of the guards is saying that, oh, yeah, he actually has. But like, I just I would like to see a little more veracity out of the king. Yeah, that that's fair. I kind of wish we'd gone into his, his background a little more, too, because um, I originally I, I, I intentionally made his mother one of the nicest characters in that podcast. Absolutely. And I never wrote. And I never wrote any ill will about his father. I absolutely wanted to make it very clear he was not who he was because of parental um, tampering. He was who he was entirely of his own volition. And I kind of wish he'd gone into that a little bit and said, you know, this is why. This is when the shift occurred. This is why the king is an asshole, even when his parents were some of the sweetest people on earth and were beloved by their subjects. And, you know, I, I think that would have been a little bit interesting to add in just to say, this is why he's incredibly terrible and they're not. Like, actually, yeah, that brings up a question. Did the king kill his dad? That was never part of my planning, but that would be really interesting. Because, like... The king's father is ne'er to be found anywhere, and it's just like, oh yeah, you're supposed your your mother is like, you know, she's mourning the loss of her husband. That's why she's in the palace. But like, there is nary a line drop as to what happens to his dad. And I just thought of that now. Like, wait, did like? I mean, realistically, that was an oversight. I never planned for it because that was long past. Jokingly now, my immediate response to that is, well, we know what my next project is. We're making a prequel to Junebug's Island. Which would honestly be awesome. I would I would love to see a prequel. 
because I find the inner workings of uh, Cedric's portrayal of the king fascinating. Oh, I agree. And uh, I mean, I feel like from Devereaux's standpoint, like he would be team, uh, you know, team actual king like you know the dad he would he would be like close friends with the dad or something and oh okay i'm just i'm just like spitballing ideas or whatever but it, yeah I, I think that would be a very interesting plot to explore well there we go there's my next project <laughs> you're welcome you heard it here first folks um Watch me actually get this stuck in my head again, and then suddenly this is going to be my next project because honestly, I don't let things go, and that's a problem. Hey, I mean, I think it's a an awesome idea. I I would uh, definitely be on board, especially to reprise the role of Devereaux, and uh, yeah, and help out writing, even if you need help out writing. Well, I'll let you know if that becomes a thing. Awesome. Are there changes you would like to make, and if so, what? Honestly, besides the ones we've already talked about, no. I like the cast we pulled together. I like the I I, I really like the crew we pulled together that stayed. You know, even though that crew pretty much consists of you, Arizona, and Benny, <laughs> um, um, and me, and so you know. I, I, I really like the team that ended up being built for this project. I really like how the project went, you know? So I think overall, besides the things I mentioned about motivation and besides, you know, the thing that's probably going to end up becoming the next project, I really think, I don't think I would change anything about it. I really like how it turned out and I'm really proud of the end result. Um from from my side i wish i would have known a little more about adobe audition uh, <laughs> wish i would have watched a few more tutorials so i could have made it sound better uh and that yeah that's that's basically the only change i would make uh, any closing words or comments you'd like to make not really i i, I think i've kind of said everything i have to say what about you just thanks for listening out there in podcast land. Uh, we super appreciate all of you that have tuned in and all of you that will tune in. So thanks for listening. 